Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. I'm here again with Josh and we are in the final eight rounds of the fantasy competition for 2023 and the NRL competition for 2023. Josh, mate, how'd you go for the last buy round? Yeah, mate, pretty handy. Um, into the top 500, which is nice. And yeah, as you say, mate, we're in the t- we're in the kind of final chapter here of the NRL fantasy season. Still, lots of play for. I feel like, um, and yeah, hopefully, you stick with us. We'll give you a few tips along the way, and yeah, keep pushing up those ranks. Yeah, absolutely. I had a fantastic round nineteen. Oh, uh, ranked fourteenth overall for the round. So, uh, absolutely loving it. Getting closer and closer to you at the top there. Yeah, how's it been, like, mate? Have you had a for your head through doors this week, or um, yeah, mate, everyone's been hearing about it. Don't worry. <laughs> but I guess just to touch on a couple of things before we get stuck straight into this, if you haven't checked out our Instagram already, we're putting up uh, positional tier lists for each each role. Uh, you know, hooker, half, mids, whatnot. Every day of this week leading up to round twenty. So if you want to see where we rank players compared to others, uh, head over there at Footy Brains Pod on Instagram. We've got plenty of stuff happening there. Um, to touch on a few things at the top of the show before we get stuck into these team lists, though, um, which we haven't seen yet, by the way, it is literally 4.05 uh, and the team lists have just dropped and we haven't really gone through them all yet. So we'll we'll go through them live with you. But to to jump into it first, Cleary, what are your thoughts on him? Because I can see just at the top here that he's been named on the extended. But what are your thoughts around him this week? Very interested. It's going to be a tricky one. I think you're going to just have to look at yeah, late mail, see what happens. He's got a high break even. I doubt a lot of people will jump on him this week, which I think makes him a really interesting pod play. Um, crazy when you're talking about Nathan Cleary as a pod option, but we saw earlier this year with Nico, um, folks that jumped on him a week early really reaped the benefits. I think it could be a similar situation this week. They play the Dolphins. Um, he could get about 30 points in goal kicking, I feel like, this week. But <laughs> then again, I thought Mulatalo was going to score about 500 points last week, and that didn't happen. So the NRL is a crazy, crazy place out there. But um, yeah, I'll be keeping a pretty close eye on, on late mail and um, might be pulling the trigger if we get some good news. Yeah, I guess the main issue is that he's playing, what, the second last game of the round. So it's. It's going to be very hard to pull the trigger on him if you're, you know, you've you've already made a couple of trades or you're holding off on some to, some other trades really to to get him in that late in the round. So I think the way I'm kind of thinking of it is I'm probably just going to avoid him for this week just because he does have such a high break, high break even, and because he's playing so late and just focus on him next week. But like you said, that might be the um the opportunity cost for other people to get him in. Yeah, the one that I think if it does happen, I think it's going to be a Horsburgh to Cleary. I think that's the only way I'm going to be able to get the funds to it. Um, wow, jumping off Big Red. Yeah, I just think he's he's pretty much peaked in value, I think. Um, he has obviously been unreal, but if you can go Horsburgh to yeah, Cleary, and then yeah, it's so hard with the mids. There's so many good ones. You could easily keep Horsburgh, I think. I've got a pretty good starting pack. I'm pretty happy with it at the moment, but there's still guys like Payne Haas that I'd really like to get as well. It's just hard to squeeze them all in. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. We haven't really talked about that. You've kind of got to trade a gun to get Cleary in at this point as well. Unless you've saved five, six hundred K in like salary just sitting in your in your bank. I just yeah, you're gonna have to get rid of a gun like a Johnson or like you said, a Horsbro or something like that just to get him in. So I guess we can talk about those options uh as we go through the pod. Um I guess another thing to discuss. In terms of hooker options, I kind of posted in the tier list um, on Monday, so yesterday, uh, about our hooker tier list. And really, I've only got Grant sitting at the top with a lot of average options behind him, to be honest. So what are, you, what are your thoughts there for your hooker options going towards the back end of the year? Yeah, he copped a little bit of stick from some fans out there, um, which was always good to see. But I generally agree with the list. My only addition was I think... Damian Cook is a gun still. Um, I know he's... You wouldn't be trading him in this week, obviously, because he's got the buy, but I think after this week, he's a gun moving forward. The Rabbits have a pretty nice draw. Uh, This last kind of back end of the season, he still has one more buy, but yeah, I really like his matchups, and I think he could average... You know, arguably... I don't think he's going to average more than Grant. I think he's going to be around the Grant, um, you know, year level. But I think he could average considerably more than your Brayleys or um, your Marnies and, and folks like that. And there's just, yeah, there's not that many great options in the hooking spot. I think Marshall King, you can put a line through this year. The only one I kind of like otherwise is Robson. Yep. But... Um, yeah, I don't think there's many I'm really looking at after those, like out of those three. Yeah, I suppose that's the issue with those tier lists. I'm basing it off these last eight rounds, and because Cook only plays six of the last eight, it's going to be hard from an overall point of view for him to build up enough points to beat out other guys that are playing like all eight rounds. Um, like your Harry Grants, that's why he's ranked just so high, and he's just the, the one hooker you kind of have to have pretty much for the run home. But... Yeah, there's a lot of other options there. Even Verrills has kind of come out. He's been playing 80 for the last couple of weeks, but his scores have been, you know, up and down. Obviously, had a big score um, of the week just gone. But, yeah, it's it's hard to be able to tell what some of these hookers are going to get, like your Brayleys, like your Verrills, like your Cook even, when he comes um, back in off the bye. So, yeah, be interesting to see how the back end uh, treats these hookers. Let's get into the team list now. So... Starting with the first game on the Friday night because of Origin, uh, we have the Knights taking on the Tigers, which could be an absolute point fest. Uh, very interested to see how some of these outside backs go, like your Pongers, Gagai's, uh, Marzu, those kinds of guys um, should pull off plenty of points. Um, but speaking of uh, the Knights team, we've got Gagai back in the team, back from his foot injury, and all of their Origin players named, and Frizzell in the back row and Best uh, in the centres. What do you think the likelihood of them actually backing up is, considering it is only two days after Origin? Uh, yeah, I guess it just depends on the game, doesn't it? Um, I think especially guys like Bradman Best, who's only played, who's only going to play, you know, the one game, I'd expect him to back up. You know, guys like Val Holmes have been backing up um, most weeks post-Origin. Frizzell could be the one that gets rest if I was, you know... Out of the two of them, I'd say he's more likely, but seems like he's going to back up if his names just monitor the late mail. Yeah, and I guess on the the side of the Tigers, uh, no Origin players, but 
Looks like Appy is back a little bit early from his jaw injury, and he's named at nine with Simpkin moving back to the bench. Uh, actually, a bit of a question for you with Jake Simpkin. Obviously, there's a decent amount of teams that have picked him up over those last couple of buy rounds because he's taking that 80-minute or a big-minute hooking role. Um, but now that he's back to the bench, what do you think his odds are of getting a big enough score to beat his break-even of 10 this week? Um, I think I'd put my money on him beating 10, but yeah, I think he's a, a sell in the immediate future. Like we've seen, I'm just looking at his scores now. Like he's got a negative one in here. He's got a number of single digit ones in here. Like we know when he's not getting these minutes, he's just not going to put up big enough scores. He's going to start bleeding cash again. So yeah, it's time to get rid of him any day now. Yeah, he's either a sell this week or definitely a sell next week as long as Appy stays the team. So, yeah, it's come to an end for Jake Simpkin, unfortunately. But, um, you know, if you picked him up at 220, you've made a good 150k off him. So it's a, a fair amount of cash to make at this, this end of the season. So, yeah, time to move on from him. Righto, moving on to the Dogs and the Broncos at 3 o'clock on the Saturday uh, for the Dogs, a few changes with Sutton going down with that head injury, so he's out. And also, a lot of their juniors are out of the team, like Kwai Ward and Skelton, who did play. and actually was a pretty pretty good game to watch them versus the Bunnies. Um, both teams having a lot of juniors in their, their um, starting 13 and provided a pretty good last 10 minutes, to be honest. Um, especially with Talis Duncan running the, the length of the field off kickoff. That yeah, was, uh, a bit of open space. How good was he? Yeah, that was crazy good to watch. But... Um, yeah, won't be like that for the rest of the season, I don't think. Uh, for the Dogs, it looks like Avarillo is... Oh, Avarillo. Uh, Alamotti's out, and Avarillo holds the fullback spot. So Kiraz has moved into the centres, and Blake Wilson actually holds his spot on the wing, who's been pretty good for the games that he's played for the Bulldogs this season. What are your thoughts around this Dogs team? Because a lot of people are probably holding on to a couple of guys, like your Jacob Prestons, uh, like your Matt Burtons, potentially still, and not sure what to do with them this week. Yeah, I think if you've got them, I'd be holding. Um, this matchup against the Broncos doesn't scare me too much. But, yeah, I think it's just like I'm on it and see. Like, they haven't been in the best form. They had, like, a bit of a bounce-back week last week, but against a pretty under um, understaffed Bunnies team there. So I don't think they're going to be getting those kind of matchups every week. But, yeah, a lot of them come off big games last week, so I have low, low break-even, so I'd be holding most of them, I think, mate. Yeah, Preston's the only one that I'm kind of in the middle of, like, probably trading. I think he's got a lot of, enough, a lot of cash built up that he's a an okay jump off to get, like, a Fafita in. Because I think he's really the only way to get to a Fafita from the edge position. But it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be hard to, to jump up that high because that's another... 150k you've got to find somewhere else to get up to a david for feeder but i think preston will still be you know a good 50 point average edge going forward um, for the back end of the year yeah that's i don't mind that chat if you're moving him down or up to get to a gun elsewhere i think he's but at the same time i don't think he's he's breaking your team or anything like that you can definitely hold him yeah absolutely and for the Broncos, no pain Haas, so he's still out. Um, interesting to see Piakura in the back row and how he kind of performs. He's been playing 80 minutes, but hasn't really been putting up great scores. Kind of like Jordan Ricky when he first started. He kind of, you know, was struggling to get decent scores and make a bit of cash. But 
yeah, what do you think of Pia Cora and the people that kind of brought him in over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, he's a tricky one because um, probably in your starting team this week, you're relying on him uh, with, you know, a bunch of bunnies and dragons raiders on the buy this week. Uh, I don't mind it as like a cash down option, but it's a little bit tricky, yeah, cashing down at this point, I think, just because... I think after this week, it becomes a bit more of a viable option, but um, you're going to have to play a lot of these guys this week. So it's a little bit awkward, but yeah, if you have him now, I'd be yeah just holding strong and hoping for the best. Hopefully he gets a, a meat pie or something like that to boost his score up. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Kurt Capewell has been named back um, from his injury in this Broncos uh, back row. And Pat Carrigan named amongst the reserves. So should probably be a late inclusion post-origin, but it depends on how that turns out for him tomorrow night. Righto, moving on to the Manly Cowboys team list for what, 5.30 on Saturday. For Manly, pretty much set as normal. Uh, Kelmatul Lungi's back in the team. Olakwatu and DC are still named, returning from origin. And... Yeah, no real big news there for them. Uh, on the Cowboys side, all of the Origin players have been named by the looks of it. You've got Val Holmes in there at centre, Nanai in the back row, Cotter at lock. So it looks like they're going to go into this game. Oh, and even Robson at nine. So probably going to go into this game without um, anyone being rested, it seems like. And the Cowboys probably need to do that because they need to make the eight. So yeah, should be a pretty interesting game to see how that turns out. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this game just in general? Um, for the Cowboys and Manly because they're both sitting outside the eight, both needing to make inroads, so it should be a pretty good game. Cowboys 13-plus, mate, I think. Um, <laughs> chalk this one down too, but yeah, Cowboys have been red hot. If uh, all these Origin guys back up, it's going to make a really good game for them. But Jason Tamalolo on the bench, which is killer. Um, no Lukey. As as yet, which is a shame, but this fine Fuyaku guy has been unreal for them as well, coming off the bench and providing some spark. Uh, I think the one who's probably in the biggest doubt is Nanai with that hip pointer injury. If he aggravates that during the origin, you could see him slip out of this team. But yeah, I expect everyone else to back up. And yeah, hopefully these Manly guys back up DC Olakawatu as well. So yeah, it should be a really good game, I think, mate. Yeah, this is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most um, this weekend, especially with Garrick and Drinkwater and the form that those guys have been in attacking-wise should actually should be like 50-plus points in this game, I think. Yeah, maybe. So probably not a bad game. One to be watching and then two to have a couple of players, like if you go to Drinky or Garrick's um, in there, it's a nice, nice matchup for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. What are your thoughts on Holmes um, for the for the back end of this season in terms of a buy at center? Because there really hasn't been any gun options at center. Like Holmes and um, Farnworth are probably the two best centers at the moment, alongside like Joey Manu, who's your obvious one. Um, but he's played a lot of fullback and half to boost those scores, whereas you know Herbie and Val have only played in the centers. What are your What are your thoughts on them for the back end of this year? Yeah, really like them. Yeah, they're up the pointy end of the of the centers for a reason. They've been scoring really well. Like, I think the one downside, like Val broke the 
Cowboys all-time point scoring record for a 71 the other day. You'd hope that, you know, those scores get bumped up to close to 100 mark. Like, he has to do a decent amount to get those those high scores, Val. And he does have a lower score in him. But I think with the Cowboys' run of form, he's going to be kicking a decent amount of goals. They have a few nice matchups in this run home as well against teams like the Seagulls. They play the Dolphins in the back end here. They play the Titans. Uh, and then even teams like the Eels and Broncos are usually pre-fantasy friendly matchups. So, yeah, definitely like him as a, as a kind of premium center option. But I think it's just hard. Like, it always reminds me of the start of the year when we were saying don't go premium center. I think it's just so hard to find the cash and I'd rather look at guys like your Payne Haases or your or your Clearies or your David Fafitas, um, which yep. I think a lot of people would be trying to bring in instead. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I I don't think anyone's got the cash to be splashing out in all positions, and I think center's the obvious choice to to kind of bring in a few cheapies and just, just cash out and just leave them as your your kind of basement tier guys for the rest of the season because yeah, they don't they're just not good enough to be giving you regularly good scores. But, you know, every now and then they'll give you a pretty pretty big score like your Manus do every now and then. Like you said, Holmes did the other day. Um, it's just hard to rely on them to give you a 70 or 60 plus every week. Exactly. Righto. Let's move on to the final Saturday night game. The Roosters taking on the Storm. Also another big game for the Roosters because they really need to start winning if they want to make the eight at this point in time. Whereas the Storm are kind of coasting in the top four at the moment. Or top four. Actually, I think they're actually fifth now with the Raiders uh, win on the weekend. So, yeah, unlucky for them. But they'll still be pretty safely in the eight, I'd suspect. Uh, for the Roosters, uh, the only omission is Jackson Paulo with Suwali playing on the wing and Joey Manu and Billy Smith as the two centers. All their origin players, that being Teddy, are backing up. Um, so not too much changes there for the Roosters. For the Storm... Oh, one big in for the for the Roosters, yep. Brandon Smith on their bench there as well. Good point. Didn't pick that up. Turpin, so Turpin's still starting and Brandon Smith off the interchange. Wow. Okay. I wonder how they're going to... What are your thoughts there? I wonder how they're going to play him, whether it's going to be through the middle or at hooker, because him off the bench, to me, suggests that he's probably going to play hooker. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, you did talk me into trading Jake Turpin the other week. Because I think, you know, they brought him in this team to be a hooker. I think they've looked the best this year when he was playing hooker for those spurts. But, yeah, Jake Turpin, he's done a job. They're playing Nathan Brown in the in the middle, which isn't ideal. Uh, so I could see him, yeah, maybe splitting time in both positions, potentially. It's hard to really know what the Roosters and Robbo's got, got cooking up here, I think. Yeah, I'd still say Turpin's a sell just because Brandon Smith is back in this team. I don't think he's going to be playing 80 or even close to 80 now that Smith's back on the bench. So, yeah, I'd be looking to to offload him this week, especially being worth 520k if you haven't already. Another interesting one is that Sandon Smith is still playing and um, Sam Walker's still training and trying to come back from that knee injury. So he's oh, still a couple of weeks away. Yeah, absolute killer for draft. And probably a killer for Sam Walker, I guess. Um, yeah, really frustrating. If you've seen NRL Physio putting out that he's got a 
yeah, ACL strain, sprain, strain. Um, so yeah, he aggravated it again. It was looking like he might get named for this week, uh, maybe like a fortnight ago, but then he had another aggravation of it. So fingers crossed. Yeah, he's back. He's back soon, and especially for folks that have kind of been holding on to him for like finals. Well, that's yeah. I guess he's mostly just a draft guy at this point, but yeah, kind of frustrating for the Roosters as well. Like he's probably, I think he is in their top seventeen. I think he'll come straight back into this team if he's fit. But yeah, nothing of yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, I'm looking at the Storm team. They've got all their uh, Origin players back in. I guess the one notable thing is that. Uh, Nelson is named amongst the edge back rowers, so he's not playing in the front row as Eliezer Katoa is still out with that eye injury. So I'm not sure if he's got a time frame to come back. So Nass most likely will get dual position play next week. I think that's, I'm not sure if that's two or three in a row. I think you need to play three in the same position to then get dual position player um, when they do make the DPP updates next week. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets that but makes him kind of a pretty good option for the back end as long as he keeps getting good game time um, there in the back row. What are your thoughts about about Nass as a bit of a point of difference option? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one, but personally, not one that I'm looking at. I think there's just that many other good options in your, in your mids and your edges. Guys like Johnny, who had an unreal game on the weekend... You know, and there's just, like, so many of them that we have to kind of, like, fit in. Guys like Yo, uh, and then a lot of people are still kicking with, like, Tarpanies and Hopgoods and Tohus and Debellins and folks like that. So I just don't know where I'm going to fit him in. And even even so, like, even really, like, guys like Nikora, um, we've talked a little bit about people like Liam Martin, Cam Murray... There's just a lot of guys, and he probably doesn't make that uh, that cut for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fair. I think you're right there. Right, oh, moving on to the Sunday games. The first one sees the Warriors taking on the Sharks. Stock standard team from the Warriors, um, with a lot of their the players that played uh, were already played during the buy round. Uh, the main inclusion for them is Josh Curran in the back row, which sees Barnett move back back to the front row. So. That also sees uh, a FOA drop out completely, so not even back to the bench. So he's out of the team. No Tamari Martin either still. So uh, Luke Metcalf is still holding that 5-8 spot. But yeah, this Warriors team. Um, I know you were kind of talking up Barnett a few weeks back being like a guy to pick up in draft, and I know I picked him up in our draft league. Um but what are your thoughts about him in a classic sense now that he's gotten back into this starting front row rotation? Yeah, he's another one who maybe falls in a similar category for Nass or as Nass for me. Like, I think there's just that many other options. He's He had a few really good games at the start of the year at prop, but yeah, I think there's just too many options, uh, including my boy, Josh Curran. But I think even him, he's yeah probably a little bit on the outer for me. Yeah, Curran, is, it's really hard because Nia Kore is going to come back from suspension soon. Um, so he's probably going to drop out, but he would have been a great edge option. Like if he has that back row spot, 80 minutes there for the rest of the season, he's a, a pretty much a straight pick up and play 
most likely. But yeah, unfortunate for Josh Curran. Um, what about you, Sean Johnson? Like, obviously, had a big game on the weekend, scored 67. Going forward, obviously, people are going to want Hines and Cleary, but is Johnson your next option, or do you think a Moses or a Munster or even a DCE probably pips him for that backup half spot? Yeah, geez, I don't know. Um, I think the way now I want to double-check what you had in, in, your, in your tier sheet there, but I think... Either way you go out of all those options, like you go Sean Johnson, you can go a Monster, you can go a DCE, a Moses. I think they're all pretty similar for me. I've been pretty impressed with Sean Johnson. Obviously, he's been unreal. Um, I'm not looking at selling him. There's no reason to. He's been, yeah, he's been great. So I'm going to try and find a different way to get to a Cleary personally. And I'm happy running with three gun halves and I'd even be happy to run with four gun halves if you're really passionate about a monster or one of these other guys as well yeah I actually 100% agree with you and I think I'm probably going to run with four if not five halves towards the back end of the year just because of how well they're scoring if you look at the the top 10 scoring players I think six of them are halfbacks so yeah, they're definitely obviously going to provide you points. And if you're trying to climb the ranks, I think halfbacks are your way to go. Obviously, you've got to have backup for every position just in case, but halfbacks are just scoring unreal this year. And when you look at the Warriors' last five games, they don't play a team in the top eight. So they could have a very handy run home um, after their bye in round 22. Yeah, I guess the next guy who's probably my favorite is Monster out of those, out of DCE and MOs as well. I think just Monster always finishes the year strong yep and they play away games the storm they don't have yeah. a they got some pretty nice matchups in there as well for memory so yep he'll be my next pick but yeah either yeah. Them, they're all pretty good i made a i made a bit of a note of teams that are actually playing um teams in the bottom half of the ladder so the warriors play five teams in their last eight that are in the bottom well the bottom half of the ladder storm play four Roosters play four, Manly play four. Uh, and the Knights and the Tigers actually play four as well, but they're obviously in the bottom half as well, so who knows what's <laughs> going to come of them. Um, okay. What about the Sharks here, Josh? I know we obviously have Hines and absolutely rate him and people need to get him in if they don't, but I see a lot of traction for Jesse Ramian after his try-scoring efforts on the weekend, even smashed out a decent score, uh, almost a 50 what are your thoughts there? Yeah, not a massive fan of it. I actually like the other center in Talakai a lot more than Ramian. I'm now looking at the the price. Well, they're about 100k different in price, which probably explains why more folks are going for Ramian. But yeah, I think some of his tries the last couple of weeks have been a little fluky. He's kind of need him to to bail him out of you know average, potentially subpar scores there. Um, yeah, it's it's just the center position. There's not a lot of great options. I can understand why people are doing it, but I think I'd still be looking elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. There's just not that many options, especially when you come to the next game with the Dolphins taking on the Panthers. Uh, Noval Tavare, he unfortunately drops out with the hammer coming back from origin, moving into the centers, and Nick Arima holding the fullback spot there. Uh, your man, Connolly Lemuelu, stays in the back row, surprising. And Kenny Bromwich moves into the front row. 
Uh, no sign of Jeremy Marshall King as well as he still has that shoulder injury, which a lot I got a copped a lot of flack for the the hooker tier list with people like, oh, where's Jeremy Marshall King? Why have you not included him? But the last couple of weeks with that shoulder injury, you know, being named and then not being cut last minute, only getting limited minutes, it's yeah, it's not going to look good for him the last couple of weeks. So he's probably just one to avoid at the moment. But good news for Harrison Graham, who gets a bit more game time there at number nine. Looking at this Dolphins team, plenty of fantasy options, but what are your favorites here? Oh, my favorite is Connolly, my boy, but uh, yeah, that was a nice moment of you know him crashing over on the weekends. I thought he looked pretty good again. Glad he's won that spot back. The yeah, the hammer in center is kind of interesting. I wonder if that'll change back, you know, game day, if it would be like a late switch. I would really like that for my uh, Val Tafare ownership, but don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to stick with this for a little while and see how it goes. And then I think, as you were saying, mate, Jeremy, Car- Jeremy Marshall King, I think you can almost put a line through him this season, honestly. Like, uh, if you listen to NRL Physio talk about him, not very hopeful and him as a Dolphins homer, he if he's not hopeful about Jerry Marshall King, I'm willing to take his word for it. Even in a draft sense, I'm not too keen on him moving forward. I think it's just one of those injuries that lingers on. Hopefully, I guess, if you're a draft owner, he takes a couple of weeks off and gets it right, so he's good for your finals. But the other one that kind of interests me here, mate, Harrison Graham, uh, might get some bigger minutes in this Dolphins pack but yeah he's a little bit risky he could be out of this team in a couple weeks potentially but 269k i don't mind it as a cash out option if you if you needed someone this week potentially i had a look at some guys that were sub 350k and it's not a lot of great options so i can understand you know people potentially look at him for you know freeing up cash to go to a grand or go to a for feeder any of these other big guns. Yeah, I kind of get that. I think only the only thing I'd say about cash out options, you're better off just going a straight up 220 not playing player. Just because like you go one of these guys that costs 269 and you might play him for a week or two if you desperately need someone. Um but they make a bit of cash and then they're out and then you can't trade them to anyone anyway. So it's not worth, you know, getting a player that might get a good score. You're better off just getting someone that's not going to play, not going to get a good score, using them as a loop option each week, and then just using that extra 40, 50K to get someone else, to be honest. Because, you know, how many times have you been in the situation where you've tried to make, you know, a two or three man trade and you fall like 20K short when you could have just got it from picking up a a, a Nuffy and just chucking them on your emergencies? So um, that's the only thing I'll say about that. I think, yeah, my only, I think I agree with you after this week. I think people are still struggling for numbers enough this week that for the sake of, you know, 20 or how many, how many K, like even 50 K, like I'd be happy to lock in this Harrison Graham guy for a couple of weeks potentially and, and get, uh, you know, extra 30 or this week or whatever it is for, um, you know, that extra number, I think it's worth it for this week, but I think then moving forward, I'm happy enough. And then, yeah, use your loop, given that there'll just be one team on by moving forward. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. And it goes to say as well that they're still going to play Milford off the bench, which means Katoa will eventually move to that hooker spot once Milford comes on the field. I think they did that at about half time uh, on in round 19. So it kind of shows that Graham's going to get around 40, maybe 50 minutes if he's lucky as well. Because Katoa can't play through the middle for the whole game or at least half a game because he's just a bit too small. Yeah, that's a good shout too. Uh, and looking at this Panthers team, so very interestingly, also, like we already touched on, um, that Cleary's named amongst the reserves, but a lot of their uh, their um, origin players have been named um, in the way of Yo, Martin. Um, oh, actually, that's it, isn't it? Yo and Martin, because no no, um, <laughs> no Jerome Luai and obviously Cleary's out. So it's, yeah, it's interesting to say that when you don't really have, when they normally have a huge contingent. Oh, also Brian Toto. Um, but for this Panthers team, they play all eight games um, for the rest of the season and have a lot of guns, obviously, in their team that, you know, have been limited ownership over the last couple of weeks. We're talking about, you know, Isaiah Yo because of origin, Liam Martin because of his injury, Nathan Cleary because of his injury and origin. A lot of them are very under-owned um, compared to what they normally are. What are your thoughts around those big three there? Are they all... Like must haves? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, must like I think Cleary is must have when he comes back. These other guys, I don't think anyone else really is. Like Yo, there's Yo's obviously been unreal, but there's yeah, as we've been saying, you got Haas, you got Debellin, you've got Toe Harris, any of these other guys that I think in a similar similar bracket. Yo's obviously been outscoring them, you know, consistently over the years, but I think they're in that same conversation at least. Liam Martin as well. I think there's, as I've said, maybe controversially, I think there's at least like five or six better options than Liam Martin that you can plug into your edge spot. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many, even guys like Crichton, Tungo, uh, Edwards, like you could definitely make a case for any of these guys moving forward and you can see him. Yeah, it's in the realm of possibility they can have a run and, yeah, just go mental for this back end. Yeah, especially because they haven't secured, like, the minor premiership at all. So I think, yeah, a lot of these Panthers players, because they do play every game, um, all eight games at the back end of the year, they're going to be prime real estate to be picking up, especially Cleary. So I think you need to get him in as soon as possible once he's actually playing, of course. But, yeah, keep an eye on him. Right, oh, moving on to the last game of the weekend, Para taking on the... Titans. A few changes, obviously, with Origin players coming back in for Parramatta. Moses in the halves. Um, Hopgood still remains uh, at lock with Lane coming into the starting back row spot. RCG and Paulo as well in the front row there. Hands still in the team because of Hodgson's season-long injury. Maddo and Davey both named amongst the bench, which is kind of interesting because I thought Davey would have dropped out on Lane's return. Um, what are your thoughts there? And I guess the big question is, will Hopgood play enough minutes to still be the best option in the your edge or your mids? Yeah, I'm happy to lock in Hopgood. He's a weapon. Um, we shouldn't have traded him out earlier this season, I think. <laughs> and, you know, he might have a down game, but I think he's really picked up as well, like... His try scoring ability, his attacking stats. He's always had a lot of attacking stats, I guess. But uh, I think he's especially his, his meat pies and and yeah, 
close to the line stuff, he's been really good. So I think it kind of makes up for any, you know, lack of minutes. If he's got lower minutes, I think he's got a higher output and it kind of offsets each other. So yeah, I'm happy to happy to roll with him, mate. Yeah, fair enough. See how this week turns out for him and if his minutes stay the same. Uh, but for the Titans, plenty of pot options in this Titans team. Obviously, a lot of people still have Tanner Boyd but and David Fafida as being the, the best uh, edge in the game at the moment. But Tino's kind of been very surprising in the mids with a few meat pies over the last couple of weeks and big scores in the 70s. What are your thoughts about Tino for the run home? Because a lot of people have been kind of eyeing him off as this pod mid that not a lot of people have that you know could could really boost you up the ranks, especially under, well, I think he's like 6% owned at the moment. Yeah, I don't love it. Yeah, I think yeah, just that many that many other good mids. He's he scores are a little bit inflated with those tries. I think, you know, like he hasn't really been doing that the whole season. He's got three in a row, which is pretty yeah. <laughs> Doesn't usually happen to front rowers or locks to get three tries in a row and really yeah. like boost his scores up there. So I think it has to stop eventually. And yeah, without those tries, I think he can probably like he's still yeah in that conversation. I think with the the Tarpanese and everyone else who have kind of mentioned throughout. So I definitely don't hate it, but uh, I think personally, I'm looking elsewhere. Also for this Titans team, uh, Joe Stimson drops out with Cleese Haas holding the other back row spot along David Fafita. So he's another bit of a you know cash down option if you're looking for someone that I think they're pretty keen on keeping in this team. So he might be holding um, holding that spot and getting a few games there, but I wouldn't like bet your money that he's going to be there for the rest of the season, just another option. But if you look at this Titans bench, Jaden Campbell, Chris Randall, and Jojo Fafita are not forwards at all. Chris Randall has been playing a bit in the forward pack. He did, um, I think he played in the forwards the week just gone. Aaron Clark normally spells Isaac Liu at lock. But Jojo Fafita has been playing five, six minutes off the bench and Campbell's not going to be playing in the big, in the big forward pack roles. So could spell, uh, could mean huge minutes for Fodawaka and um, Tino in the front row. doesn't look like they're going to be getting a spell um, often in this pack. Yeah, which seems kind of crazy considering, you know, they'll be coming off origin as well. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder if that will change come game, game day, but... Uh, yeah, I think that is another probably good thing for people that are interested in, in Cleese Haas as well. It looks like he'll probably get an 80-minute role like he has been in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Righto. Enough of the team list. Let's look at draft options uh, for this week. What are your thoughts around players you can pick up off your waivers to, to do a job this week? Yeah, so plug and plays with Cleary's news, I think, Cogger is probably at the top of the list for me. If you need someone in your halves, really like him. My two kind of plug and play wingers that I really like this week, both from the same matchup, that's Sivo and Cam Pereira. I think there's just going to be a bunch of points in that Titans and Parramatta game. So, yeah, really like them. And then lastly, I've seen him on a couple of, you know, waivers, which, which makes me sad. But Jason Tamalolo, he's still kicking around in some leagues off the on the waivers there. I think he can I think he can still do a job for you even off 
even if he's uh, coming off the bench. Yeah, fair enough. I'm also going to add Jackson to Peen's that list. He has sewn up this back row spot that uh, Jay Nockenball was holding and expect him to play 80 there, so he's another option um, going forward. So definitely keep an eye on him if you can get him in. I like that for sure, yeah. He's a tackle machine. I'd expect, you know, 45-plus from him. Mostly probably in tackles, but who knows. Yeah, he's been a big cash cow in the past, uh, Tapin, for the Dogs. Like, in the last two or three seasons, he's always come in for, you know, four or five games, played 80 minutes, and then just gone back to reserve grade, which has been pretty astounding because he generally brings a lot of energy when he does play for the Dogs. So hopefully he gets a, an extended run in this team because I think he can do good things. Right, oh, buy, hold, sells. Let's start with your buys. It's going to be a pretty hard week because I think there's a lot of buys. Um, I think it's very dependent on teams, but who are your best ones this week? Yeah, I think my favorite one this week is going Harry Grant, uh, lock him in for this run home. He, yeah, doesn't have another buy. He's been the best hooker all year. I think you can just, yeah, lock him in. Yeah, I think so too. Harry Grant being the only good hooker that will play all eight games for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I think you can pretty much set him up as your number one hooker. And yeah, if you have someone like a Jeremy Marshall King or a Jacob Little or someone like that that you're looking to, to offload, then yeah, I think he's the, the man for the job, Grant. I kind of like um, Kalen Ponga, if you don't have him yet. I know of he's a pretty obvious option, but he plays all eight games and the Knights have a pretty good run towards the back end of the season, playing a lot of uh, bottom half of the table teams. And Ponga... Hitting form, playing fullback seems like an obvious choice to have at fullback. So, yeah, get him in ASAP if you can, especially playing the Tigers this week. Could have a, a huge game for sure. Yeah, I like that. We didn't talk about it um, at the time for the Tigers, but Jareem Buller, what are you doing about him? Everyone basically has Buller. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts? You you selling him this week? Yeah, this may be controversial, but I want to hold him. Uh, I know he's bleeding cash, but I think at this stage, I'm not super concerned about it. I struggled to find winger fullbacks that I really liked and really wanted uh, in my team. Apart from, like, you know, you got your Pongas, Garricks, uh, Scotty Drinkwater, I think, is too far out of reach for me now but there wasn't anyone else that was like really screaming out to me in the wing of fullbacks that I really wanted which makes me want to hold Buller just because he's got a really nice run home here let me read you some games he's got coming up he's got the Knights obviously this week the Dragons then he also plays the, the Dolphins Roosters and Seagulls in these last seven rounds here. So I think the Tigers can have a little bit of a bounce back, especially once, you know, Luke Brooks comes back and they get a few of these other troops. I think they can be a bit more competitive and he can be a beneficiary of that. And I I guess I just really like him as that 18th, 19th man that you can use as a loop moving forward as well. We've seen that he's got these bigger 50-plus scores in him. So I'm I'm pretty happy to hold him. What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I'm probably going to sell him, eh? 
<laughs> um, I'm probably going to sell him, and that's just because there's a lot of better options. Like you said, with the the mids, um, when I was talking about you know Barnett's and guys like that, I think there's just so many better options, like a Ponga, like a Tedesco, Drinkwater, Garrick, that you would rather have than Buller. And yes, yeah, he does have a good run home, and yes, he can pull off a good score, but when I compare it to, you know, Tedesco, who's been pretty poor this year, but can be absolutely amazing on his day, I think I'd rather have Teddy in my team. But, you know, that obviously requires finding cash to upgrade to Teddy at the same time. So, yeah, I think it just depends on your circumstances, really. Do you have enough winger fullbacks that you don't need to sell Buller? Like, you already have Drinkwater, Garrick, Ponga, whatever. Um if you already have the guns there, you don't really need to sell him and you can keep him as a backup. But if you need someone that's going to be a gun in your wing of fullbacks, yeah, I'd probably be upgrading him. It's fair enough. Yeah, we'll have to see, mate. Dream Buller and James Tedesco, uh, you'd think there'd be a five-point gap in between them, but it's a lot closer than that. Yeah. Buller obviously had that one like really stinker game that moved his, moved his scores down, but... Uh, yeah, it's been pretty close, and Buller's been outscoring him a lot of those weeks. The Roosters still haven't been hitting form, and yeah, I just, like, Gutho is pretty expensive. Looking up here, do I want to go, like, an Azarko or an Edwards? They're pretty pricey as well. It's it's hard to, to find someone, I think, but yeah. yeah, I can understand why folks are selling him as well. Yeah, at his price, he's still quite good. Like there's no one I could probably, the only player that I would think to go sideways to is maybe a Brian Toto if I was going, you know, sideways from Buller. But yeah, I think there's better options, obviously above his price range, but sideways. Yeah. He's probably a hold if you don't have the cash to upgrade him. What about um, some other buy options? I think without sounding too general, just like any of your, any of your guns, like David Fafita has been pretty popular as a purchase this week. Guys like Isaiah Yo we've talked about um, any of those other kind of forwards that you've been waiting off buying because of origin. Um, Ryan Madison is pretty high on this list, which um, I wonder if that will change now that he's been named off the bench. But yeah, I think those guys, yeah, your priorities probably, yeah, Fafita, Grant and Yo for me are the three I'd be looking at to try and get in your team this week. Assuming yeah. that there's no Cleary as well. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Uh, what about holds? I know the top of my hold list is Big Val Tavare, but what about you? Yeah, I think he's probably in my hold list as well. I'm pretty tempted to hold these two Raiders forwards, if you can, and DeBellin as well. I don't think a few teams will be struggling and might have to get rid of one of them. I think if I had to get rid of one of those three, maybe Horsburgh is the one that I get rid of. Uh, just because I think he's, I don't know, he can kind of cash him in for the most value. Um, but has been really good and, you know, pumping out 80 odds. You've been, I'm sure you know this, he's pretty good, Corey Horsburgh. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've been watching from afar. Yeah, got that offload, some attacking stats in there as well. I think, yeah, that's. Probably, yeah, my holds for this week. It's, I guess, probably an easier one with the holds. Yeah, absolutely. 
I guess sells is where everyone's kind of looking because you obviously need to make up a bit of cash to get to those big guns. But um, what are your sell options? Yeah, I don't have anyone who's a, an immediate sell. I sold Alex Johnson this week, which that would have hurt. Probably not a lot of people had him. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he didn't have a great game last week, and yeah, I think I'm just at the point where I'm trying to get more mids and those kind of yeah upgrade those guns so i had enough cash to go and alex johnson up to harry grant which i was pretty happy with but yeah apart from that i don't hate selling yeah one of these forwards if you really need someone this week um i'm not opposed people are still selling billy smith he got named again this week but definitely gonna understand why people are selling him same with jake turpin I'd be. I don't think any of them are immediate sells. I don't think really there's anyone this week who's like an immediate like sound the alarms must sell this week. Yep. Maybe the closest would be like a Jake Simpkin, but even him, he can probably like punch out ten plus. He's not going to lose your cash. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed he gets a ten plus. I think Preston's probably my big one that. He's he's the only player that you can look to to sell to actually make up a decent amount of cash to go up to like a Fafita or a Grant or a Pong or whatever. Um, that being said, though, there really isn't a lot of players, you know, at or above his price range that, yeah, like you said, you want to be immediately selling. Like you want to be holding on to Bateman. You want to be holding on to Harris, Tarpany, Horsbury. You want to be holding on to these guys because they're going to be your guns for the back end of the year. It's just trying to balance your team so that you have enough people in each position to make it through the last eight rounds um, as well. But everyone's kind of been a bit a bit flush with um, eight trades, so people are trying to pull the trigger on setting up their final team, which is fair enough, but you've also got to make sure you hold a few in hand because there will be you know season-ending injuries for some players. It happens every year, so you've got to probably hold on to at least one trade per round just to be safe. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I... Don't know if I listen, and maybe I'll just splurge this week. Um, but I'm going to try and hold trades this week. I think it kind of yeah gets to this point where it's like, oh, should I should I go you know a Tohu Harris to it, Isaiah Yo or something like that, which I think is a little bit sideways. I think at this point, probably like injuries and and buys are going to dictate a lot of my remaining trades. Um, versus more like who I really want. I think it'll be kind of trade or kind of player dependent, like depending who goes down, which way I go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Righto, let's move on to some fan questions. And yeah, we have a decent amount considering it's the last uh, few rounds. Um, And I only just put this up this morning, so it hasn't really been that much time between me posting it and us talking about the questions. Um, But first question coming in, who is your favorite uh, player for the upcoming round? I think Ponga. I think Ponga could go huge this week. But Yeah, I think I agree with again, you, actually. Otalo was my last last week, probably, and he got seven. <laughs> um, Which is so frustrating, because he should have gone huge. It was like on... the layup of all calls. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, maybe put the guy on who, um, you know, that same position scored a hat-trick against him last week. Gets a seven. <laughs> To be, I think they stopped going to his side after he dropped two bombs to his uh, to his wing, and then Katoa goes away with three three of his own. So, 
Oh, three of his own tries, that is. But uh, yeah, very unfortunate for Mulatalo this week. I think I Harry Grant is also another option that I think is is pretty pretty big um, for this round. I think it's it's probably the time to jump on him. We saw at the start of the season his price spiked upwards of you nearly nine hundred k nearly. Um, so yeah, got to get him in now while he is seven fifty because yeah, back end of this year, Storm still fighting to stay in the top four, playing all eight games and playing some you know top four teams as well. Like they've still got to play. Um, the Panthers, they've still got to play the Broncos. They've even got the Raiders. So, yeah, they're going to be playing some big games, and Grant always steps up for big games. So, yeah, got to get him in as well. For sure, yeah. Uh, question from Daniel: Will Dylan Brown be a buyer when he comes back into the Parramatta team? Potentially, yeah. I think he's someone that, yeah, you definitely wait a week on. But, yeah, even then, like, I think I prefer a Munster or a Moses or one of these other guys over Dylan Brown still. Yeah, the problem is he doesn't come back until round 23, I think it is, or 24. So he's going to miss half of the run home, um, and you're going to have to save a couple trades to to bring him in. And he's still pretty expensive. It's not like he got injured and he had a bad round, so he lost a bit of, of his um, price. So, yeah, I think I'd stick with the, the better halves, like you said. I have that round 27 buy as well. Yeah, so it could become important for your head-to-head. Probably not for, doesn't become too important for overall, but yeah, head to head, keep it in mind. Same with the bunnies there around that time as well. Uh, question from Jack Cook to Braley and Buller to Harris. Cook to Braley, Buller to Harris. Um, I think I'm holding Damien Cook still. Um, he's probably one I should have mentioned in, in our hold section, but yeah, like his mashups coming up, I'd be looking at different ways to do it. And I think I'd even be looking at different mids versus Toe Harris. I think there's other guys I prefer in the position now. He was some really nice buy coverage and I think I'm going to hold him. But now I think I'd be more tempted to, I guess, go a little bit more expensive and go for a Yo or something like that. Or even like a Cam Murray and some of these other guys. Or like a Tino... I think there's a lot of other good options that you could maybe get ahead of Tohu at this point. Yeah, that's fair enough. I guess he's just at that price that he's not hugely expensive and you could kind of get him in still. But yeah, Harris, he hasn't played 80 for the last three rounds, so keep that in mind as well. Um, obviously, the last round just gone, he scored 60 off 60 minutes because he came off with a, an ankle injury. I think he got a bit of a... His ankle got caught in a tackle, came off, and then came back on towards the back of the game. So he did come off with a bit of an injury, so keep that in mind for the rounds coming coming up as well for Tohu Harris. He always has some injury complaint, unfortunately, but he would be a good good player nonetheless. Next question, who's the most dominant player in the comp right now? Oh, jeez. Um, I'd probably say David Fafita, right? He's just been unreal the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Scotty Drinkwater yep. has been pretty dominant as well. Um, putting on like 74 points against the Tigers the other day. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Obviously, Nico's been killing it. Hopgood's been really good. Sean Johnson. Yeah. I think the main thing is it's not just single singular players that have been killing it. I think the player that's had the most impact, like you said, Scotty Drinkwater on this Cowboys team, he's probably the one that's had the the biggest impact on his team overall but then there's your like your impact players that'll 
pull something out of the out of nowhere when it comes to it, like your Fafitas, like your Hopgoods, those kind of guys that just come out of nowhere and have a play. Okay, next question. Uh, need a mid for this week. Should I flick JDB or Haas for Tino? Oh, that's tricky. Um, I think I'd be flicking JDB, assuming that we think Haas is going to come back next week. Like, if you had to do one of them, um, yeah, I think JDB is your option. Yeah, Haas is meant to be back next week from his an- ankle injury. Not 100% sure he will be, though. And what are the odds that he actually comes back to playing, you know, 80 minutes as well? Oh, 80 minutes, or big minutes in the pack from Haas after this injury? Oh, pretty high. If it's an ankle. Um, was it an ankle? Might have been a hammy. Can't remember now, but... Um, I thought it was ankle, but yeah, okay. Oh, if it's ankle, no concerns. If it's hammy, now I can't remember. If it was hammy, I'd be a little bit more concerned about it. Usually guys that come back from the ankles, uh, there's no performance issues with it. Especially someone like Haas, who's just like, I don't know, he doesn't need that much you know, change of direction and kind of like acceleration like a winger or center might. So I'd be pretty confident with him once he's back and he's he's pushing for that Dalliam. I think he's going to keep pumping out big minutes and producing big scores. Yep. Yeah. But then again, JDB always gets your 60 every week is the other thing. That's a hard one. I'd rather do neither, but if you have to do one, yeah, that's a... Honestly, I'm picking flip a coin and just see where it lands. Oh, that's a that's a rough situation to be in. Is there a scenario where you just take the hit and probably just play without a out of mid? Yeah, potentially, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I think everyone is going to be. I think most of the teams up top will be playing with 17 this week. Or yeah, or at least it, 16. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a lot of points to lose. You're losing probably 50-plus points as well. Yep. It's not like it's, you know, your centers or someone like that that could score you at 20 anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably need to pull the trigger on one of them. You're going to say Haas? Yeah, keep Haas. Keep Haas. Okay. I yeah. think I'd flick Haas, to be honest. Because it then but frees Haas you up a bit of cash. Best. Haas is the best mid-moving forward after this yeah. week. I, I, yeah, I do agree. It's just that ankle injury. The, the doubt for me is a bit too high. But yeah, I, I mean, either or, to be honest. Uh, question from Joe. I already have Heinz. Would you prioritize getting in Cleary or Fafita this week? I think out of those two options, Fafita this week, given the uncertainty with Nath. Yeah. If there's yep. a male that Nathan's like definitely going to play this week, I think that really is going to, I don't know, make me consider my trades and see if there's a way that I can fit him in. But yeah, this stage, day of the feeder. This stage on a Tuesday afternoon at five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Agreed. A uh, question from Jordan. Stuck with Turpin and Cook for the rest of the season. Who should we be looking at as nine over them? Um, You'd probably trade out Turpin, right? Yeah, I think so. And Turpin's worth about 530k, 540k. Might need to do a double trade. I, I don't mind getting Robson. I mean, you'd want Grant, obviously, but Robson being 100k cheaper 
and definitely cheaper than what he can potentially score. Like he, without obviously giving time to Origin, generally he'll be playing 80 every week and scoring, you know, 50 to 60. I still think he's worth aiming for as well, Robson, if you can. He's a good secondary hooker to Grant. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think obviously Cook Grant is the ideal combo still, but um, yeah, I think Robson's definitely viable too. Yep. Uh, question from Fred: Who is more of a priority, Grant or Fafita? Yeah, that's pretty tough. Like, I think they're both priorities. Um, I think I'd go Grant. Yeah, given that there's Grant is so good because he's got probably 10 points on the next best in his position, especially this week with no cook. So, yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, and he's definitely under what his average was at the start of this season. Like, he was averaging in the 60, like, mid to high 60s at the start of the year, and he's definitely come back from that. So, yeah, he's definitely unders for what he can potentially score. So I'd say Grant over Fafida, and because of, yeah, his price at 750 compared to Fafida at 850, I'd get in Grant this week. Yeah, I like that shot. Uh, qu- last question from Flynn. Would you hold Johnson this week and trade him for Cleary next week? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Definitely hold him this week uh, with Cleary kind of being uncertain at this point. And then, yeah, as I was saying earlier, I'd be looking at other ways to get to, to Cleary. Uh, if you can, I think, yeah, we can roll with at least three, if not four, halves this, this year like they've been scoring so well so definitely don't mind that strategy for the run home yeah yeah absolutely I think I'd prefer to just hold on to Johnson hold on to Hines and get Cleary by trading a forward or something like that um, yeah there's just so many good halves that it's it's kind of detrimental if you don't have three or four halves at this point because of how good they're scoring obviously Hines and Cleary are just you know, 10 points above the rest in terms of their scores. But when you look at Johnson, you look at Moses, you look at DCE, they're all averaging, you know, high 50s, low 60s. So it's kind of hard to not get them in and stay in the top 1,000 rank at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Stay with, uh, yeah, what's been going on so far. Lock them in. Righto. That's it for us this week. Uh, any imparting words for, for our listeners, Josh, now that uh, we're entering the run home? I hope your team doesn't do as well as it has been. Uh, I hope you come <laughs> crashing down to earth and I stay on top for the fantasy um, podcast. Great. Great. Thanks, Josh. I really appreciate that, mate. Um, <laughs> you know what's crazy? I, I had Panasini in my team last week until maybe half an hour before kickoff for the first round. And I traded, I changed the trade to Timacore instead. And he went absolutely insane. Yeah. And Kiraz as well. Killed it yeah, last got week. Kiraz. Um, I'm hoping he gets the center dual position next week. Um, but I'm going to catch you, mate. You're, you're in trouble. I'm catching you. Anyway, good luck to all those fantasy coaches out there. And um, yeah, catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Footy Brains podcast. Please follow us at Footy Brains Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to further support us in what we do, you can do so through Patreon. All links are in our socials bio or through the link tree in the episode description. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.